This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're going to be talking about gardening. If you've got some things on your mind, you know, it's a live program. You can give us a call. It's toll-free. We'll give the numbers over and over again, but it's toll-free, one which is the hard part, 877. The other part is MPB Ring, one eight seven seven mpb ring So you want to talk about gardening? Let's do that. Um, got a few things going on uh, this, this weekend I want to share with you, but uh, as I was walking around the past week or so, first of all, my garden. Let me, let me throw out some things that I'm real proud of. I planted some broccoli and cabbage and Swiss chard, and I threw out some seeds of some mixed lettuces called mescaline. Mescaline just is the mix of lettuces. And it's all doing great except a snail came out one night and bit the growing tip off of one of my cabbages. You know, so there goes, what, 25 cents? I'm not sure. But anyway, I'll replant it. But everything else going pretty good. We've had plenty of rain. The, the growing conditions are good. The lettuces came up within three days. They were, they were sprouted. Another uh, week and a half or so, I'll be thinning them out and eating those. And in a week or two after that, I'll start snipping them off and eating them in salads. And I plan on starting some more salad, green, little mixed green things, oh, every couple of three weeks. What you do is you get two or three different kinds of salads, you know, a, a, a nice green one and a frilly one, a flat one, and maybe some red ones. Mix them together and just put a tiny pinch of that mix in one of these little little, little small pot of potting soil. When it sprouts, you just transplant them into pots or in the garden or whatever, have instant mixed little gardens. And so uh, it's, it's really pretty easy to grow lettuces here in the deep south. Almost all winter. If you grow them in pots, you can drag them in if it's going to freeze. But um, other than that, it's really, really not that big a deal. So, uh, you know, there's some, uh, again, there's plenty of stuff we can be doing this time of year. It's time to set out cabbage and broccoli and wintertime things. Uh, a little bit late for peppers and tomatoes. But, you know, gardeners sometimes have, they have hope. We might have us a mild winter, never can tell. But uh, also, this is this is a good time to really not do much. I wouldn't do any pruning. I I cut a, a shrub back the other day. The, the only meat, what I call the meatball in my front yard. I've got a boxwood that I keep pruned real tight into a ball just to look out at it and know, yeah, I can do that if I, if I need to. You know, a lot of people prune all the time. I do one just as a little calm spot, just one little spot in the yard. This sort of like putting your foot on the floor. If you had a little bit too much to drink to keep your head from spinning, you know, and that's what that's for. Anyway, I lightly sheared it the other day. It's getting kind of, I, I wouldn't do any heavy pruning on plants right now, but you want to shear up some shrubs and tighten them up before winter, perfectly okay to do that. we got plenty of other things to talk about, and I want to share some events that are coming up, uh, including some that, that I'm going to be at myself in my pickup truck with all the flowers and herbs in the back. But uh, let's, let's do what we are here to do mostly, and that's to talk with folks about gardening. We're going to start out in Jackson with Philip. Good morning, Philip. How are you, sir? Morning, Felder. Howdy. Just to, to make a comment for our listeners. Yeah. The Jack Art Gardens are are always open, and they're absolutely gorgeous. I just got done walking through them, and oh my God, after all of this rain that we've been having this past week, and the sun shining and cloudless sky, it is gorgeous down there, and the, the flowers in bloom smell great. And, and you know what? What's even better is as the fall progresses, uh, the, the the landscape architect did that is Robert Poor, and he's specialized in native plants. That's mostly native plants out in the, the you know the open air, not the little grassy area back in the back, but those big uh, raised planters, mostly native. And the fall colors will be stunning. 
stunning. But a great tip, and you know, a lot of people just don't realize. You go down down Jackson, hang a left, and you're going to be right at the art museum, and the garden is fantastic. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Okay, you bet. Hey, if you see something you don't recognize, take a picture of it, shoot it to me. We'll have some fun with it. Will do. Okay, Philip. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, one one eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's go to Terry. Hey, Kim. Good morning. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? I have a question about I have several trees in my yard where I believe it's worms are creating webs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And I can do about that. Well, a couple of things. First, first of all, this is real normal. It's natural. There's no no way to prevent this because every web you see was where one moth laid a bunch of eggs, and it all hatched out a bunch of worms, and they're sort of wrapping up that area so they can feed on leaves and so birds and stuff can't get them. See, so it's a protective thing. It's like a little fortress, and uh, there's no way to keep that from happening. When it shows up, Kim, by the time you notice it, they've usually done about all the damage they're going to do, really. So it looks bad, but there's not much, unless you can reach it with a, you know, with a rake or a fishing pole or something and pull it down, there's really not any use in spraying because they're already at the end of their life, uh, and they've already done about all the damage, and burning them out, pruning them out, does a lot more damage to the tree than they do. So mostly it's just unsightly, and if you want to take care of it that way, uh, that's the only thing I would do, because there's nothing practical you can treat them. If you want to spray them, there's a biological worm spray you can get, mix in the sprayer, and just add a little dish detergent to your spray to help it penetrate that web a little bit better. But the biological worm sprays work perfectly well, and when the worms fall out, birds and spiders and wasps will get them won't be poisoned. But, but yeah, m- mostly, though, when people look at, you know, they're not looking at you because, you know, they're, they're not saying, oh, she's Kim's a bad person. She's got, you know, web worms in her tree. No, it's everybody's got them. We all know what the deal is. So don't worry about it. If you if you can keep from worrying about it, don't. Well, I was just concerned because they've killed two of my smaller trees, the red to the larger trees. What, you, they, they just eat on the leaves, though, and usually they do it late in the summer. And the plants will leaf out perfectly fine in the spring. I mean, seriously. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's one of those, it's more of a cosmetic problem to people in the big picture than, than to the trees. So, you know, mostly they just eat a few leaves that are going to fall off within a month anyway. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, good, good luck on it. <laughs> she was saying, you're not helping me, Felder. I want to do something. I want to do something. Sometimes... Uh, uh, okay, here's another thing. Go to a garden center, tell them you got webworms, they'll sell you something to spray. That's the other answer. <laughs> Let's go to Jackson. Hey, Joanna. J- is it Joanna? Johanna? What? Johanna, Johanna. Hey, hey jo- how are you doing? I'm fine. What's going on? Uh, somebody yesterday sent me over a bucket of wild red honeysuckle. Yeah. And I went over to check it to see if it had roots on it. It didn't have roots on it. So I'm thinking that you can root these. You can. Some plants root really well in water, but I'm not, I don't think that the honeysuckle will. It might, but, you know, there's not what you could, if you want to say, first of all, you can get the plant anywhere. It's a great, great plant. It's native, great for hummingbirds and all that. But uh, if you want to try rooting it, what I would do is I would take some smaller cuttings off of it and uh-huh. stick them. Do you have a flower bed? 
Oh, yeah, I've got them all over the place. Okay, well, if you'll kind of work up a flower bed like you're going to plant an extra special flower, you know, just work up the dirt a little bit and maybe put you a pansy out there and stick the, some of these around the pansy, take care of the pansy, and that's more than enough to take care of the cut. And if it will root, that's more than enough to, to, to give it what it needs. Kind of do it like you were going to root roses, maybe? Exactly. Exactly, okay. but the problem is though, you got that thing in a bucket right now. It's still got its summer leaves on. It's sucking itself dry, you know. So it's a race between rooting and dying. So you might also want to leave a few of them. Cut them back. You don't want to try to root long pieces, but cut a few pieces back. Leave them in water and see if they'll root in water. It, it might. Well, like I said, she sent them, and so once I saw that um, they didn't have any roots on them, I thought, well, this must maybe be something you can root. I didn't know. It, it might be. I can call you today and ask you, oh, by the way, I've got beauty berries in the yard, and they are just gorgeous. Aren't they, have you tried eating one? No, I haven't. <laughs> it's real, real bland. Real, I get calls about beauty berries all the time. And Is this going to kill my dog? No, it's just real. It has a kind of a medicine in the aftertaste, but when they get really ripe before they shrivel up, you know, they were used as filler in pemmican by the Native Americans. They're well, just, they are just gorgeous. They're gorgeous. One other question while I've got you on the phone. When they get through blooming, is it good to trim these back to make them thicker or just let them go yeah. reform and not trim them? Well, you know, it's a, you, you're talking to a guy who shaves real close but has hair down to his shoulders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you uh-huh. know, it, it, it's a matter of personal preference. You, you could trim some and leave some, depending on where they are. But if you cut them back really, really hard, they bloom on the new growth next year and, you know, a little small clusters of the pink flowers, and then yeah. they make fruit. So you can cut it back. Cut them back pretty hard this winter, and when the new growth comes out in the spring, go back and snip the tips off the new growth so it bushes out, and then leave it alone, and you'll have you know, a nice full plant with plenty of berries. Oh, good. Okay. Okay, well, then I'll let you go, and I appreciate it. I'm going to see what I can do with these uh, wild honeysuckles and hey. see if I can get them started or something. Johanna, let us know how it does, because I'm I curious. Will. I will. Well, you have a real good day. Talk okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to uh, Jackson. Hey, Peyton, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, fine so far. I picked me some persimmons on the way in, but I'm scared to eat them because they're not ripe. And I'm thinking, you know, that's kind of a perverse buzz to eat unripe persimmons just for the heck of it. <laughs> what you got going on? I have uh, two quick questions uh, that that are related. But I've, so I've got some lantana in a in a couple pots on my front porch, and then a, a drift rose uh, on my back porch, and these. They're, they're growing fine, they're plenty green, but they're not flowering very well, neither one of them. Uh, hmm. and so I was wondering if you had any advice on, on you, you got how a, to make them flower. You got a lot of sun? I mean, seven or eight hours of sun? Uh, no, not on either one of them. That's what they need. You know, these, these okay. are full sun plants. You know, lantana grows in between the cracks of a driveway better than it grows in flower, uh, you know, okay. good flower soil. So keep them, you know, a little on the lean and mean side, but they need a lot of hot sun. Both of them need at least seven or eight hours to get enough energy to bloom. Okay, so just more more sun. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, All right. And, uh, and shoot me an email. I'll give you some ideas of things you could plant in with them that when they're not blooming, you still got something to look at. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Okay, see you. Uh, bye-bye. All right, let's go down to the coast, Long Beach. Hey, Don, good morning, sir. What's up? Hey, my uh, St. Augustine, the grass. Yeah? Uh, and, and I'm cutting it maybe once every two weeks. Uh-huh. Got the lawnmower set at the highest setting. Yeah? But I'm getting patches of brown grass. Like, I don't know if it's a fungus because of all the rain 
Uh, here's how you can tell, Donna, if it's a fungus or not. Fungus, uh, whether it's brown patch or this thing called a fairy ring. And, and by the way, if you ride around the next week or so, you'll see a lot of fairy ring. It's the one that makes the big curve of white mushrooms. You know, and they call it a fairy ring because it looks like, you know, it pops up. That's where the fairies had a party or something. Mm -hmm. But a fairy ring and brown patch both grow in kind of a curve or a circle. You'll see distinct curves or circles, and that'll that'll be a fungus. If it's kind of a raggedy-looking thing, it's real random, it could be chinch bugs, which uh, which uh, feed on mostly St. Augustine, and they kill whole patches of grass. It's real random-looking, no, no curves at all. And if it's chinch bugs, you know, you really need to treat for them because they po it little tiny thing, not much bigger than an ant, little tiny stink bugs. And as they suck juice out of the plant, they also poison it. So you can kill them, and the grass will still die a little bit. So anyway, if it's real ragged-looking areas, I would suspect chinch bugs, not a fungus. Okay. All righty. So uh, I just need to buy something to spray for those areas. Yeah, and the, those areas and the perimeter, and uh, okay. and you don't you don't have to use a lot of poisons. This is what a lot of people don't understand. It doesn't take much of a chemical to kill things, but you need to use plenty of water to really soak the area. So whatever it says, you know, when it says this this bottle treats this many square feet, then you, you okay. use it over that area, but use as much water as you can to really soak the area. And if you could come back a week or two later and hit it again, that'll wipe up any eggs that you might have missed the first time. It's a pain in the butt, but it works. All righty. And what are they called again? C-H-I-N-C-H, chinch bugs. They're tiny. People say, here's how you look for them. I'm an expert on this, and I have a hard time finding them. But, again, raggedy-looking areas, no curves at all, in the full sun, St. Augustine, heat of the summer, that's going to be chinch bugs. Okay. Hey, thank you, Felter. Well, good luck on it. Yes, sir. All righty. Let's go now. Staying on the coast, going, going to the past, past Christian. Hey, Jetta, good morning. Good morning. Howdy. You're awful cheerful this morning. Well, it's beautiful. We have a beautiful day today, not a cloud right now. Hey, and, and you know, there's going to be an event over in Biloxi on Potts Ferry Road tomorrow. The uh, Master Gardeners are having a, a, a sort of a garden symposium with plant sales. It's a come-and-go type of thing. And I'm going to drive down there in my pickup truck tomorrow just to say hey to everybody. Maybe oh, I'll, great. Maybe I'll see you great. there. That sounds perfect. What time is that? What uh, time is that event? Uh, let me see. I've got the notes here someplace. I'll, I'll say it. I'll tell you in a minute. I've got all the notes on my phone. I got one of these little phones, and I got old eyes. But I'll, okay. I'll announce it just. But anyways, it's, it's come and go. Probably nine till two or something like that. I'll be down there later morning in my pickup truck. Great. Anyway, so what's right. up? What's up? Okay. Well, I have two uh, big split leaf philodendrons. Uh, in pots mm -hmm. inside my house, like in my sunroom, right? And I've had them a real long time, and they are really beautiful. But they're they're coming over the the roots are coming over the sides yeah. of the pots yeah. and everything. And so I see around the path a lot of people have have, have them outdoors. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if I should plant them in my yard somewhere, or if I should just repot them in bigger pots and keep them in the house. Well, you know, why not do one of each? Here's the, here's the deal. Uh, philodendrons, these actually they're vines. You know, you see them in the tropics. Well, I've seen them in the tropics climbing up trees, and they have these, yeah. uh, these big, thick, brown aerial roots that, that grow out from the stem, and they're designed to wrap around stuff to help support them. See, see, so those big brown roots that are just coming off, uh, you know, the outside, you can cut those off. doesn't hurt the plant at all. 
See, so so you could do that. But anyway, if you're on the coast, within, oh, 15, 20, 30 miles of the coast in a protected place, they do perfectly fine outside. There's some beautiful ones over in Fairhope, uh, Alabama, on the, the campus there, uh, Faulkner State, that are bigger than my pickup truck. But kind of a protected place in case we have a really hard winter. Okay, okay. Maybe somewhere up uh, underneath some trees or something? No, I mean, just, you know, the main thing is, is up against a building. You know, in case we have a really cold winter, you know, sometimes you know, up against something, that would be fine. Uh, you know, okay. they'll they'll take a fair amount. They don't like full sun, but they'll take a good bit of sun. Uh, and the main thing, if you can sit them out now, because they've been inside, those leaves that are on them now, you put them out, they're going to get sunburned because they're used to being inside, just, just like we do. So you might want to, you know, cut them back and put them out, and then they'll put out all new growth next spring. Okay, great. Good. All right. Okay. Well, I hope to see you tomorrow. Thank you so much. Okay. Yes. Maybe, okay. Maybe so. That sounds like a good Saturday outing. Let's, let's have some fun. Appreciate it. Folks, uh, I'm horticulturist Fellow Russia. Me and Java Chapman, uh, my producer, we're going to be talking with bringing gardening to you for the next, uh, oh, 40 minutes or so. Got some cheesy music coming up. Uh, by the way, this this uh, on my way to the studio, I smelled and then I saw some of that white flowering ginger called butterfly ginger. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, it's, it's hardy outdoors in all parts of, of, of our listening area. Its rhizomes are perfectly edible. They're kind of mild compared to real ginger. I uh, also saw my first goldenrods this week on a trip through Alabama and Georgia. Uh, I was heading to North Carolina to visit that okra guy before he cut his okra down, but I got pushed back by a storm. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and come back with some phone calls, some announcements about things that are going on. Here at Mississippi Public Broadcast, we love talking about whatever's on your mind. We'll be right back after this. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing. We've got a few things going on. Uh, and before we, I, I mentioned one and then we can go to the phone calls. But the Harrison County Master Gardens, I was talking about this. They have an annual fall garden expo and plant sale. And it's uh, Saturday, September 15th. This is tomorrow. Um, it's going to be at the Coastal Research Extension Center, which is on Pops Ferry Road in Biloxi. You know, a little bit far from the beach, but Pops Ferry Road there in Biloxi. It's going to be from 9 until 3, kind of a come and go thing. They're going to have seminars throughout the day with uh, topics like herbs and organic gardening, roses, bromeliads, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm sure Gary Bachman will be there uh, and a lot of extensive master gardeners, and they've got some plants for sale. I've, I've been to it before, and I'm going to drive my truck. I just put a brand new engine a rebuilt engine in my old pickup truck, and it's and the gardens are looking pretty good. So I'm gonna try to work, uh, uh, break in the engine by drive cruising out on the coast and back. But again, that's uh nine o'clock till about three o'clock. Come and go, I'll be there middle to late morning. Hope to see some of y'all there. Uh, meanwhile, let's go over to Picayune. Hey, Barbara, good morning. How are you? Well, good morning. Oh, I'm great. I'm good, great. Good. What's... Um, I had a question. You know, I had I love blue days and. Last year, I propagated some because it's very easy. You just pick some off and stick it in the ground. And what a great butterfly plant. It's an incredible butterfly plant. Well, it is, except it, it, it went through the winter. It came back this spring. It did get, you know, frozen back with a frost. But it's the plants are lush, but they're, the blossoms are very sparse. Hmm. You know, in, in my garden, and, I, and you know, it's, and I don't have a good... 
I don't know. I don't know what to say. When it happens in my own garden, sometimes my lantana bloom great. Sometimes they bl- don't bloom at all. And I've got this thing called Brazilian ver- verbena. That's a big, tall, airy plant. It's a great butterfly plant. Sometimes they bloom great. Sometimes they don't at all. And I don't know what to say unless it's moisture fertilizer related. Too much fertilizer, they're not going to bloom very well. Uh, really rich dirt, they may not bloom as well. Uh, well, it's, I think they're in the right place. And also about... I guess it's almost two months I had a lot of a lot of trees cut, so it's got more sun now, and I thought everything would really, it's, you know. It, it should. It should. You know, I'm one of the few horticulturists you'll ever meet who who knows how to say, I don't know. I don't know. But but here's <laughs> well, what I... I don't either. Here, That's thanks to a here, Here's what... And I've thought about it a lot. I've talked with fellow horticulturists, and all of us agree between us. We don't know. But some, some don't have the confidence to say that. What you might want to try to do, we have plenty of growing uh, season ahead of us, Barbara, and try cutting some of the stems back. Not all of them, you know, maybe the outer one. Just cut them back a little bit to stimulate some new growth and see if that doesn't jumpstart at least those to bloom. And maybe they'll shame the others into blooming. But a lot of times pruning will stimulate growth and it'll jumpstart because of hormones involved. It'll jumpstart prune, uh, flower. Yeah, I'll try that. I'll yeah. try that because yeah. they will bloom now right up until the frost. I love them. Yeah, it's a good plan. But again, just cut a few of the stems. Maybe have, you know, some of just different heights and let's see what happens. All right. Thank you. Okay. I, you know, I'm, I'm not embarrassed about not knowing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're excused. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye just had a note stuck up to my door. I don't know who it came from, but somebody stuck a note on the door. It says, gnats, gnats. How do you get rid of them? Where do they live? On the plants. So somebody in the office, an anonymous person here at MPB has got gnats on their plants. Here's the deal. Gnats are, they're called fungus gnats. They eat potting soil especially if you keep it moist. Almost always when we have gnats in your plants, it's because you've got potting soil and it's staying a little too wet. So what I would do is let, a, let the potting soil dry out, at least the top half of the pots completely dry out, and that frustrates the gnats. And also you could put a mulch, some ornamental gravel, some bar, you know, something like that on top of the potting soil, and that discourages them. But almost always gnats in potting soils from no mulch and keeping a little bit on the wet side. So anyway... Good luck on that. Hey, before we, right now we've got the, the the lines open, so this is a good chance to take a little bit of a break, and we, we'll come back to the calls. But let me throw this out. In addition to the to the uh, Garden Expo uh, at Potts Ferry Road in Biloxi tomorrow, uh, next week, oh, I forgot to mention, next week Java is International Talk Like a Pirate Day is next week, September the 19th, International Talk Like a Pirate Hour. I didn't have that written down. It just came to me. Anyway, Saturday, September the 22nd, there's going to be several things uh, done by the uh, Crosby Arboretum people. They're at Crosby Arboretum on Friday the 21st. They have uh, what they call uh, bug camp, field day for school and homeschool groups. Uh, they even have it where you can come after dark with black lights looking for, for bugs. It's a, an after dark adventure. But uh, if you've got a homeschool group or a school group, they can have a, a, a nice little thing there. Uh, also at the Arboretum, they're going to have a field day, which is walking around with experts, learning about native plants and things like that. That's Saturday, September 22nd. And uh, then one last thing, they're going to have a gardening, uh, a workshop on gardening with wildlife. That's Saturday, September 22nd. It's going to be at Tishomingo State Park 
for those of you up in the icebox part of uh, of a northeast Mississippi, northwest Alabama, southern part of, of, of western Tennessee, uh, uh, Tishomingo State Park. If you want information about these, go to Crosby Arboretum. Just Google Crosby Arboretum, and it'll take you to their site with the information on there. A couple of weeks, we got Wells Fest with the, uh, uh, Lloyd Moncrief has the best Pass along old-fashioned plants forever. Uh, and also, on the 21st, which is next week, this is a big deal for me, uh, I've been invited to give a program at, in North Shore. You know, that we're talking about Mandeville, Louisiana. There's going to be some best-selling authors there. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be talking about planting stuff for fall and getting the most out of your garden and have fun doing it. Uh, that's that's going to be next Friday, 9 to 2.30. Uh, my part's going to start right after lunch because i got to do my program and scoot down there. But if you want information about that, the St. Tammany's Master Gardeners, just remember, St. Tammany's Master Gardener, stmastergardener.org. There's no S after Master Gardener. ST for St. Tammany, mastergardener.org. If you want some more information about that, shoot me an email. I'm really looking forward to, to coming down to, to North Shore, Mandeville, we're going to have a lot of fun doing that. Anyway, let me set up this music. Java, I brought it. Oh, wait, wait, which one of the tunes we're going to do? We're going to do That's the garden. I was just about to ask you because you gave me two. So <laughs> You're going to do the garden one or the really cheesy one first? <laughs> it's, hey, it's your world. <laughs> let, let's, go the, let's, let's do the cheesy one first. It is, it is almost embarrassing. Uh, it's so cheesy. And I want to throw this out because it's a weird, it's a weird world right now. And a lot, sometimes we just need a break. This song is called the Yang... Tong song, Ying Tong Yidalai Po. Spike Milligan and Peter Sellers had a hit with it back in the 1950s. The Beatles said it inspired their sense of humor. Uh, anyway, this shorter version uh, performed by uh, the lead singer for a rock band named Yes. So let's just do this Ying Tong Yidalai Po song just to relax and get some of the craziness of the world out of our heads. And we'll be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener right after this. All right. All right. Ying tong, ying tong, ying tong, ying tong, ying tong, ying tong, ying ying tong, 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 Okay, don't post 
Welcome back. Um, That's one of the few cheesy tunes that I feel like I need to apologize for, but I got that one out of my system, the Ying Tong song. If you want to hear the the original Spike Mulligan humor thing, just Google Ying Tong. Anyway, good luck on that. By the way, I had my contractor friend Ronnie rebuild part of an old round deck in the front yard this past week. Part of it is starting to decay. And it ran an electric conduit out to my fire deck pit. So I can, my, my, I call it my, my deck with the fire pit. I can plug in a mosquito fan and get some music going without having to fool with an extension cord. Uh, and this week I plan on, uh, I'm, I'm, I may uh, take a power washer to my flagstone and decks because everything's getting covered with that black sooty mold. Uh, and by the way, this uh, last week we talked a little bit about this this fairly new insect. It's only been documented in Mississippi since 2015. And it's uh, an insect that gets most known crepe myrtle trees. It's called crepe myrtle bark scale. And uh, I rode around this past week, and I've seen a lot of it. It's a tough, tough little bug we got coming up. reason I want to emphasize this because it's starting to show up, and it's freaking people out. Uh, and you can tell. You know, I'm not talking about just that black sooty mold that gets on crepe myrtles because that gets on everything from gardenias, crepe myrtles, hackberry trees, whatever. So that's, that's caused by aphids. The crepe myrtle bark scale, if you look on the twigs this year, they're crusty little things. You can rub your finger on there, and they're, you know, they're little things, but they'll be a little pinkish uh, goo. But anyway, they're real crusty on the twigs. The entire trunks and everything will be just black with this stuff. Anyway, the reason I mention this because people are saying, what can we do? And the truth is, not much right now. There is a material you can soak the ground or, or under crepe myrtle trees, and it will kill the, them, but it doesn't work in the fall. So I'm just emphasizing this. A lot of garden center people, a lot of uh, tree servers, a lot of landscapers are starting to say we need to treat for this. The, and this is from the Mississippi State Extension Service, the entomologists, they say those soil drenches work best you know, they put out in April or May, maybe early June, when the sap is going up in the tree. So other than waiting until it fall and maybe spraying the trees with this dormant oil to kind of suffocate, smother, you know, you can prune the plants, spray them with dormant oil, that'll smother them over the winter. But the soil drenches that everybody's going to be recommending, they work best in April or May. And I just want to get that word out now before people start putting a bunch of unnecessary poisons out there in the dirt. I'm, you know, it, it's just not necessary. It's a waste, and it's not going to control the bugs. Anyway, if you have some questions about that, shoot me an email. I'll send you a picture. I saw a bunch of them in, in, uh, in Jackson and Richmond the other day. And uh, let me see what else is there I've got going on. Is something else going on? Oh, the Wells, the the uh, North Shore, the uh, Fall Seminar in St. Tammany Parish in Mandeville. That's going to be next Friday, nine to two thirty. Uh, you know, there's a registration fee. Uh, they have a delicious catered gourmet lunch, and I'll be there with some of my books on hand. Uh, if you want information about that, st for St. Tammany, st Master Gardener dot org. If you want to give us a call, we've got the, the lines are wide open. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. I might have really offended a lot of people with that Ying Tong song. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, give us a call. Lines are wide open if you want to talk about gardening. Um, there's um, a few emails I got this past week. One is is um, from June Harrington. She said, how do you know when a pomegranate is ready to pick? And that's a good question. Pomegranates, how do you know? 
And so I went around the neighborhoods. I've got some neighbors who have pomegranates, and I went online and found out about it, and I tested it. And sure enough, pomegranates are round like an apple until they get ready to pick, and they start getting flattened sides. So the pomegranate is still nice and round. It's not ready. But when it's ready, the sides will flatten out a little bit. You know, it'll have, you know, three or four flat spots on the side. I know that's a crazy thing to know, but we're going to hear about that other than right here on the Gestalt Gardener. Uh, also, I had a fellow from Hamilton, Alabama, Mark Campassi. He wanted to know, is there a banyan-type tree, you know, the, the kind that drops roots from the limbs uh, that'll grow uh, in in our area? And there's really not. Um, those aerial roots, sometimes they call them lianas. If you're not sure, there's vines and there's aerial roots. Lianas are vines. This is what Tarzan used to swing on was lianas. Um, but I have seen where people have allowed certain native plants like smilax, uh, some of the honeysuckles, um, uh, anyway, native vines planted underneath the tree, and you can train them on a on a string up to the lower limbs, and it looks like those kind of roots. And believe it or not, it really looks uh, kind of good. Uh, I got an uh, email from Peggy and Daphne. She says she just finished pruning long, leggy drift roses, hoping they put some new blooms out before Christmas. But she knows some of the stems have a weird new growth on it. The leaves are narrow, smaller, sort of frizzy looking, uh, that funny growth in small buds. Um, unfortunately, this is a real serious virus disease that's called rose rosette. A uh, little growth is twisted. It's, it's uh, frizzy looking like a little witch's broom. This is a very serious uh, virus that spreads from plant to plant by insects and with pruning shears. So if you've got a bunch of roses, some of that have on there, the best thing you can do, honestly, pull that plant up, get rid of it. Because if you prune that plant and then prune the one next to it, you can spread the virus with your pruning shears. But rose rosette Really, really, uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hard one. It's just a hard one to control. So anyway, let's go back to the phone calls. If uh, We've got some of the lines open if you want to give us a call, but we're going to Brandon and talk with Kathy. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Uh, good morning, Felder. Hi. I love your program. Well, thanks. thanks for being part of it. I have an unusual question. Try me. I, <laughs> I, I had planted in pots and hanging baskets, uh, winter veggies uh-huh. last, last year. Well, someone came along. I have a lot of kids in the neighborhood. Someone came along and put a chemical in the uh, pots and the hanging basket. Ooh, wow. That's weird. Okay. Oh, I know. Okay, question is, are the pots, can I use those pots for anything, or are they just ruined? Well, you know, this this it's a good question, Kathy. Um, and it, it all depends on what kind of weed killer they put in there. There's some weed killers that last for a long time, but most of the weed killers that that you can buy at a garden center, you know, a big box store, or a garden center, most of the weed killers are pretty quickly broken down by organic matter. They, you know, in other words, they don't last a long time. Uh, so if it's just something that 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 they got from you know a normal garden weed killer. It's not going to last long at all. I would probably redo the potting soil, get some fresh potting soil, but I would not worry about the, the about the pots. Oh, at, at good. All, at all. Good. And okay. I mean, I probably wouldn't even worry about the potting soil. Just rework it, you know, pour it out, add some more stuff, mix it all up, put it together. Because, again, a lot of weed killers, modern-day pesticides are designed to where they don't last any time at all, and they pretty well bind organic matter and break down. So, you know, I'm just saying. 
Great. But but no problem about the pot. No problem about the pot. Now, the kids, you need to get your slingshot. But you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that from me. Okay. That's what my great grandmother used. And uh, I know I know grown men, grown men who remember my great grandmother's slingshot. I'm just I'm just saying not making it up. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That is, I have gotten, your information is just incredible. I appreciate, and I appreciate your show so okay, much. Thanks. But I'm always laughing every time I listen to your show, but you have the best advice. And I just want you to know that I appreciate you so very much. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it, Kathy. <laughs> okay, thanks. You bet. Okay, a little background to cover myself on this. My great-grandmother had a bird sanctuary. She was a horticulturist up in Indianola. She had a, a really nice garden, lots of flowers. She a big garden club lady and all that. And some little boys had come through with slingshot and was shooting her birds. You know, this is the story that I always heard. And decades later, I was at a local pub celebrating something, I forget what, in Indianola. Started telling that story. And this old guy next to me said, I was one of those kids. We were shooting her birds, and we came by the next day, and she had a slingshot and shot us. <laughs> Calm down, Felder. Let's go to Hernando. Hey, Pat, how are you this morning, ma'am? I'm doing well, Felder. How are you? Good, good, good. What can I help you with? About a week ago, I applied Scott's winterizer, fertilizer, fertilizer on my uh, lawn. Uh-huh. I'm nervous. <laughs> oh, quit it. Just relax. Let's, let's sing ying-tang, ying-tong, 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 piddle-i-po. <laughs> okay, but anyway, um, the instructions said that the fertilizer need to be, needs to be on the grass about 24 hours before you wet the lawn mm-hmm. or before the lawn is exposed to moisture. And it rained about 10 hours yeah, it's after not that I big put a... the fertilizer on. And yeah, I, it's not it, that big. It poured uh, Belder. Not that big a deal. Was, that, was this a granular fertilizer or was it a liquid fertilizer? Granular. Yeah, it's no problem. It's not, it, you know, I, I don't even know why they would say that because I'm pretty familiar with their formulations, so uh, I, I, I wouldn't worry about it at all. Okay, another thing, sedge. How do you get rid of it? Oh uh, well, you know, sedge is a different kind. Of, we've got we've got grasses, we've got broadleaf plants, and sedges are a different kind of plant. And what will what will kill them can kill a lot of grass. Is this in your lawn or in flower beds or what? It's in the lawn. Okay. Um, if you can live with it, I would because that's the easiest thing to do. But if you want to spray something, there is a spray. It's a little pricey, but I've used it myself. It worked beautifully. It worked great. It only kills sedges. It won't kill your grass or your monkey grass or your irises, your flowers. It only kills sedges. And uh, there's a bunch of different brands, but the one I can remember is called Sedge Hammer. Sedge Hammer. Now, it's a little pricey, but you can get, you know, uh, they have doses that are, you know, just big enough to mix with a gallon of water. And you can Uh cover a couple of thousand square feet with a gallon of water if you move quick. Well, I have about 41... Uh, thousand square feet of, of yard. I have a really, really big yard. Okay, uh, can I'm, I get the sledgehammer at a big box store, or do I, need I don't, to go to a local gardening I, store? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I got mine at a place. You know, I'm I'm really particular about what kind of chemicals I recommend. I try to recommend none at all, but every now and then one comes that does a good job. It does it well, and it does it safely. And and this is one of those cases. But I don't know where else you could probably get it online. 
You can probably get Amazon.com. But anyway, it is pricey. It's not going to work as well right now, Pat. It works best on young, actively growing plants. And so what I would do is I would wait till your grass greens up in the spring, been mowed two or three or four times. Let's wait until May or so before you spray it because then then the sedge will be younger. Uh, Right now it's hot, it's dry, it's starting to go dormant. It's just not going to work as well right now. So springtime is the best time. And I'm not trying to get personal, but you ever buy vocals? Uh, yes. <laughs> Take your glasses off. The sedge disappear. It disappeared. Take your glasses off. We don't need to be spraying. You don't need to spray all of creation for something just green and growing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, I kind of like a, a, a yard that looks like a golf course. Yeah, well, you're going to have to, you know, it, it might actually be cheaper to get a professional to treat it for you, you know, just once or twice. But anyway, sedge hammer is one that's safe for your grass. If you, if you want to spray something... Uh, late April, May or so would be the best time. Thank you. You're great. Okay, good. I really enjoy your program. Okay. Are you still nervous? No. Good. You put me at ease. Well, good. Call back sometime. Okay. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay. Whew. You know, Java, you know, it sounds like I recommend chemicals willy-nilly, but it's rare that I will try to not talk somebody out of using something. <laughs> hey, you think we can get away with playing that other little garden tune while we're waiting for the calls? I was just about to ask you because we got to we got to cleanse our musical palate after that that Ying <laughs> Tong song. Okay, we got the lines wide open, folks. Why don't you give me a call? It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. I will try to talk you out of doing stuff that's unnecessary, but if you got to know what to do, I'll give it my best shot. We'll be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. Short legs that don't bother me Cause I don't want to go climbing no tree Down here on the ground is where I want to be So I can dig, 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 dig it You gotta dig down on the floor You gotta dig, come on and use those paws You gotta dig with those big strong claws Dig, dig, dig like a wombat Now you won't see me in the hot sunlight I wait till it's cool, I come out at night I'm at my best around about midnight So I can dig, 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 dig it You gotta dig down on the floor You gotta dig, come on and use those paws You gotta dig with those big strong claws Dig, dig, dig like a wombat You gotta dig with those big strong claws Dig, dig, dig like a wombat Now I don't like crowds, I like live alone Cause I'm quite happy being on my own And when I want to find myself a brand new home I just dig, 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 dig it You gotta dig down on the floor You gotta dig, come on and use those paws You gotta dig with those big strong claws Dig, dig, dig like a wombat 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 
Hey, a wombat. Who knew? Who knew? But wombat's a real thing. It's uh, like a it's a marsupial, like a big, big possum or a small kangaroo. Dig, dig, dig like a wombat. Hey, you want to give us a call? It's toll-free, mpb ring Glad to talk with you. I'm looking forward to seeing some of y'all down on Pops Fury Road in Biloxi tomorrow. They're having a, the Master Garden is having a, a, it's a free event. It's going to be there uh, at the Extension uh, Research Center and uh, seminars, free seminars. They're going to plant sale, all sorts of fun stuff and demonstrations. And also, next Friday, they're having a real big deal, a, a gardening seminar uh, at in St. Tammany's Parish, uh, they're in uh, I'm a total blank of the name of the town now. Huh. I'll say it in a minute. But anyway, that's next Friday. They, they charge for that, but they're going to have a real nice gourmet uh, meal, and I'll be talking right after lunch. Uh, Mandeville. It's in Mandeville. If you want some information, shoot me an email. Let's go to Brookhaven. Hey, Linda, thank you for holding. What's up? Hey. Howdy. Uh, I, w- I would like to ask, how do you get rid of uh, wisteria vines that's just running everywhere? Oh, that's a good one. Whether wisteria or honeysuckle or kudzu or whatever, the best thing to do, the first thing to do would be, if you can over the wintertime, pull up as much as you can. I know it's a, I know it's a pain. I know it's a pain. I've had to do it myself. But the more you can get rid of over the wintertime, the less you're going to have to treat next spring. But if you pull up as much as you can, and then next spring when it sprouts out, you know, when it comes up from the ground, go around and carefully just brush the leaves, the new leaves. Let them put out some new growth. Brush them with with, with Roundup. Roundup kills it, roots and all. But it doesn't work well on big plants. You don't want to spray everything with this stuff. You don't want, you know, but treat the new growth in the spring with Roundup. It works better on plants that are growing close to the ground. So as best you can, you know, find somebody to help you pull it up over the winter, and, and that'll get rid of the worst of it. Oh, okay. I appreciate it. You have a great day. I I, pre- I I wish I had easier advice, but this is what I do myself. You know, if there's an easier way, Linda, I'd do it. Yeah. Good luck yeah. on it. Okay, thank you. All right, appreciate it. Okay, we're bye-bye. Gonna, bye-bye. Let's go down to over to Rankin County. Hey, Jerry, what's going on this morning? Yeah, hey, Felder, it's oh, Jerry Spider Lily, man. Jerry, Jerry. Hey, my Spider Lily, I counted them. I know you're not supposed to count them or they won't bloom, but I got 13 of them coming up in one spot in my backyard. About to bloom. Excellent. Excellent. It's that time of year. But listen, man, I wanted to put a big shout out to all the volunteers that are participating in the second Big Pearl River cleanup tomorrow yeah. and next weekend. Yeah, you can be out there with your kayak. Yeah, man, we've been out uh, spillway at all points in between, up and down the river. And so, uh, it, I, I saw a notice about that, uh, that in the coffee it, in the coffee shop I go to, but I don't know any details about it. What what is this? Uh well, the details. The Pearl River Keeper is facilitating it along with uh, Keep the Res Beautiful, and uh, folks down in Louisiana are participating. So it's it's pretty big deal. I mean, we're all excited about doing it again. So right? some, somebody wants to help out, would they just get in their car and just drive to a bridge or something and look for people? Well, you call, uh, I'd say, Abby at Pearl, you know, Google Pearl River Keeper or Keep the Res Beautiful Janine May and you know, they could tell okay, you that Janine, yeah, Janine, I've been, you know, I've, I knew her back when I was with Extension, so she was with the Soil Conservation Center. So uh, what what those two were, two names again? Keep Res Beautiful? Yeah, Keep the Reservoir Beautiful, Keep the Res Beautiful, and Pearl River Keeper. Pearl River Keeper. Just Google that and out of information. All righty, man, yeah. y'all, you know, stay cool. I hope the water's not up too high tomorrow. No, it's all good, man. Thanks a lot, fella. Hey, let me ask you this, Jerry. Uh, you still uh, do bulbs through the Mississippi Market Bulletin? 
Yes, I do. Okay. Did you put me up to asking that question, or is this out of the clear blue? No, man. That's, <laughs> I baited you. I've known you a while. I know how to fish. <laughs> but anyway, spider lilies are one of the few places where, I mean, you grow them in long rows out in your yard, and if people want, and this is a good time to, to be digging them, too, but the Mississippi Market Bulletin, and just go. Yeah, to the f- I, I try to wait till look, at least they quit blooming, you know, to where oh, yeah. you don't, you know, interrupt them. But after, you know, it's all all good to take orders and all that kind of stuff now. Mississippi yeah. Market Bulletin. Look for look for Jerry and or whatever. What do you go by on that thing? Well, it's just under the flowers, bulbs, and seeds. Uh, that's a little section there, you know. Cool, 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 man. Stop, swing by. Let's say hey. Hadn't seen you in all a right. while. Thanks, man. All right, let's go to uh, Jackson. Hey, Edgar, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, uh, Felder. How are you doing? So far, so good. What's what's up? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Today. I have these uh, what look like spiderwebs growing on my shrubbery. What what are those things, and how can I deal with that? Are they are they real thick, dense type things, or they're just spiderwebs? They look like spiderwebs. Yeah, and that's 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 what they are. And you're going to notice them this time of year. Uh, spiders tend to start building up uh, this time of year. Yellow jackets, things like that, sort of getting ready for winter. And you see uh-huh. it more in the morning because of dew on them. And uh, okay. you know they're not hurting anything. Uh, matter of All fact, right. they're beneficial. But if they bother you, you know, in the middle of the day, you could or, or late morning, you can sort of just sort of shake them off or take a rake to them, and then the little spiders will come out and build them another one for the next night. Yeah, okay. All right. Thank you so much. Man. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye now. All righty, folks. A lot of stuff going on. If you've got some events I can help promote, shoot us an email. I answer uh, gardening questions. I look at identify weeds and diseases and bugs and blights and stuff like that. If I get stumped on it, I'll ask somebody at the Extension Service or, or uh, the Museum of Natural Science or, or people that I know who are, who are special experts in heirloom fruit. You know, there's a network of us out there, and you can connect with it. If you have questions about gardening, if I don't know something, I'll find out because I want to find out myself. It's real easy. Garden at mpbonline.org. Garden at mpbonline.org. If you got questions or want to have something to share, got some events I can help with, uh, let's let's do that. I think it's a good way. By the way, one, one quick email I got. This fellow uh, had written me back in the spring said he had all these weird little melon-looking things coming up, little uh, uh, small wild melons. And they're called plum grannies or pocket melons, a lot of different uh, out there. And uh, there's uh, uh, they're ripening right now. Anyway, he got his girls to try some of them, and they tasted pretty good. So these are these wild melons called pocket melons or plum grannies. People used to, to carry them in their pockets because they smelled good back in the time when People didn't always smell that good. So anyway, just oddball stuff. Love to share little odds and all, odds and ends and things like that. Uh, anyway, he said that his his daughter liked one of them. One, one didn't like the tangy enough, uh, too tangy. Uh, one of them loved cucumbers. I thought they taste like cucumbers. But <laughs> anyway, had a lot of fun. Uh, if you've got some weird questions, try to stump me. If you've got a hard question, something about... Um, crate myrtle bark scale, something like that, email me. I'll tell you the truth about it. Um, I've had a good time this morning talking about gardening here at the Mississippi Public Broadcast and Java Chapman, my producer, uh, Kevin Farrell, who's been screening uh, the songs, 
play some bad music for you. But we're going to be talking about gardening every week, every Friday, and rebroadcast on Saturdays here on MPB. Uh, keep, keep in mind that don't forget to drink water and get some sunlight. I mean, we're sort of like plants with really complicated emotions. But drink some water, get some sunshine. Take a kid to a farmer's market, wonderful place to take them, or to a garden center, and let them pick out something to sort of get their fingers dirty in a pot or something like that. It's really important to enjoy what you do and to do something that's productive. But show kids how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week.